Vegetarian is like raising a kid Mennonite. It's difficult, but not that different. Raising your kid vegan is like being Amish, a totally different world. I, from the outside, would have to agree, but I'm sure after this story, I'll totally agree. We'll school <laughs> me on the Amish. So I have a lot of sources. Um, LA Times, Amish cope with murder, free of anger. Wikipedia and Murderpedia, The Amish Village, Discover Lancaster, uh, Murder in Amish Country, Season 1, Episodes 1 and 5, Medium.com. And I just want to start out with my story into the Amish. So, Jimmy's people, the Amish. (laughs) (laughs) No, Jimmy is from Amish Country, Hershey, Pennsylvania. And I have always, and it looks like it said Lancaster, but they have profusely told me it's Lancaster. Oh, I always thought it was Lancaster. I mean, Lancaster. 90% of the country says Lancaster. Lancaster sounds like the way I would say it because I'm so country twanged. Lancaster. Lancaster. <laughs> <laughs> but I have always wanted to go. And and you guys know we went up there and did Gettysburg and all that. I just finished one of my bags of chocolates last, this morning. <laughs> I'm so sad it's gone. I Here bought a case of Zero Bars and they were already gone. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, he would always tell me, well, it's just quilts and furniture. I don't want to go. I'm like, well, I do. And we would go to this Mennonite market every time. Hand to God. The best soft pretzels, which I can't even eat anymore, and fresh squeezed lemonade. Oh, I bet. Everything was, like, fucking homemade. They sold spices. Stupid cheap. Stupid cheap. And, like, I remember being in there one time, and I had my cell phone. I was sneaking pictures. Jimmy's like, they don't like pictures taken. I'm like, what are they going to do? I ain't from here. (laughs) Uh, call the Amish police on me with what? They don't got a phone. <laughs> <laughs> so I we went and we went to Central Market, which is the oldest continuously running far- public farmer's market in the country. Oh, hey, is that your bag that I still have that you asked me to return to you two years ago? Central Market, green bag in Jackson Square or something like oh, that? Oh, no. The, the Central Market is from Central Market in Houston. I just have a shit ton of them. I don't care. Okay. I buy them every time I go to Central Market because it makes me feel bougie and rich. I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I don't ever use them except Most for like, like... I buy a Rolex or the Scoochie to feel like rich. And it's like, I buy the reusable bags. Get on my level. Get on my level. <laughs> I'm sorry. MTV Cribs is going to be coming up in here and they're going to be like, look at this collection. <laughs> I got Ikea ones too, baby. <laughs> I got these ones from Walmart. I got these ones from Aldi. <laughs> Get on my love. <laughs> this is a Whataburger one. I do have a Whataburger one. I do too. I do too. That's why I said that. <laughs> they do think of what, well, if you Uber Eats it, they'll send you a big ass bag. I'm like, yes, sir. Thank you. If they take forever with your order, they'll give you two of them. That's what they did oh, for shit, me yeah. as like an apology. And I was like... <laughs> Done, done, and done. I wasn't even upset. More, they'd be more caring. Like, you know what? You know what make me feel better? Three of these bags. I wasn't even upset because I was picking up the food before I went home, so I was by myself. So I'm like, take your time. I'm just going home to my family. <laughs> that drive me crazy. I'll take a few more minutes to play on my phone. And quiet. Do you have me wine back there? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I love my family, and I hate being away from them. I love them so much. <laughs> Says every family annihilator. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we went there and I, of course, bought jam and they had like whoopie pies, which have you ever had one of those? Yes. Holy shit, they're divine. They had gluten free ones. And I was like, hell yeah, Amish. Thank you. Thank you for my gluten intolerance. Tip my hat to you. I couldn't get that shit in Houston. (laughs) (laughs) But I damn sure got it in Pennsylvania. Okay. So uh, I learned a lot about the Amish. So to make sense of like why they're are very little Amish murders. I was going to tell a little bit more about the Amish. They're formerly the Old Order Amish and are a group of traditionalist Anabaptist Christian church fellowships with Swiss and German origins. They're known for simple living, plain dress, Christian pacifism, and slowness to to adopt conveniences of modern technology with the view neither to interrupt family time nor replace face-to-face conversations whenever possible and a view to maintain self-sufficiency. So they are, I never realized this. I guess it just didn't dawn on me that they're pacifists because they always look so stern and serious like they could whoop your ass. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) These guys are farm laborers. They got some muscles and shit, you know? Jebediah out there pushing that teal. I bet he is ripped. Uh, For real. Okay, watch out, Arnold. (laughs) But like to find out they're actually 
they look for the like path of leaf's resistance. We're not going to we're going to think about their strife before we think about our own. And they're very tight knit. It's like the Mormons tried to to copy that. But then like, you know, they got really shitty. The yeah. Amish have like maintained this self-sufficiency and they don't have power, not because they are afraid of power like I thought it was. I thought it was like one of those things. No, they just don't want to be on the grid. Which, I mean, I respect that. They're really living their best life. Oh, yeah. And we could learn a thing or two from them. Not we, as in you and I. Well, us too. I mean, but I mean, America. I ain't about that life. America. America. So they, uh, Amish, the Amish value rural life, manual labor, humility, and galassenheit, which means submission to God's will, all under the auspices of living what they interpret to be God's word. You had me until manual labor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm, it's gonna be a no for me, dog. <laughs> I wasn't built for that life. <laughs> <laughs> These hands are not made for that. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> so while they're, I was also like, you know, there's Mennonites and they're Amish, and I'm like, they all look the same. I do know that Mennonites, you'll see them wearing like Nikes or talking on cell phone. They'll actually drive and stuff, but it's there are some stark differences. Their religious beliefs are actually very similar but they the split boils down to practices versus beliefs around the mid to late 1800s the amish were founded by jacob amman (laughs) a-m-m-a-n-n whereas mennonites were founded by frisian minnow simons amish abstain from modern technology and live off the grid lifestyle where they only rely on themselves and their direct community they do not drive and will use horse and buggy or scooters which I didn't know that. Hmm. They have like these little like, you'll see them in Lancaster scooting around, you know. Like a, um, I'm thinking like a. Uh, like a Razor scooter. Moped. No. Oh, not like a, a Razor scooter. Oh, okay. Is it electric? <laughs> but it's black. No. Oh. Well. I have seen them. I think they do have I'd some I'd rather the horse ones. pull me in the buggy. Than scoot I don't know. My one leg all over the place. Horrible. The Mennonites are more open. They use vehicles and phones and participate outside their direct community. So they actually will be super friendly with, you know, the English, which is what we're called. The Amish wear solid colors and prefer things that are not ostentatious as they live a simple life to be closer to God. They do not use buttons or buckles, but prefer suspenders. And the women wear white heart-shaped bonnets called the Heart of Lancaster. And the whole, like, buttons and buckles, the Mennonites and the Amish, they all descended from, you know, the Swiss and German area. And there was a lot of strife against, like, religious strife against them and prejudice. And a lot of the people that were prejudiced against them had these big gold buckles and buttons and always had mustaches and stuff like that. So they abstain from that for memories, like... Think of it like... So do they just like sew their clothes so that they like t-shirts that just slide over their head and their pants are like elastic waistband? Like they'll have they like... keep them on? Um, they'll have like toggles. The hell um, is a toggle? And then they have like... How is it, Jimmy? How do they have their jackets? Clasp. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Mennonites, they will actually wear patterns, like flowery patterns and stuff like that. It's all solid colors for the Amish. Sounds boring. The Amish follow a strict, non-resistant path. A person who doesn't follow the church rules will be excommunicated. The Mennonites will not shun people and focus a lot on missionary work. They're just pacifist. So they so, just sound like regular people who are really into church. Yeah, like they're just super religious, but they're happy-go-lucky. Where the Amish... I mean, I would be cranky, too, if I didn't have power, okay? <laughs> if I didn't have AC and I had to be tilling the field all day. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. The Amish men, they wear beards once they're married, and the longer the beard is, the longer they've been married. And they shave their mustaches, you know, just as remembrance of the time the Nazi, of Nazi, of religious persecution, (laughs) of religious persecution they experienced in Europe. So think about it like um, (laughs) Germany and the Nazis. You don't see anybody going out there goose-stepping and shit. You don't see anybody with Hitler's mustache. No, like, that's like, that's very, mm -mm, I don't even want to be reminded. I don't even want to look at it. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Mennonite men are actually forbidden to have facial hair. Both so th- when they get married, so if a, if a Amish guy gets married when he's 21 and he lives to be 81, he don't 
cut or trim that motherfucking beard for 60 years? Nope. What about when that bitch starts dragging the ground? He just What was it on Game of Thrones? The um, Dro- Dothraki. The Dothraki with their hair. Oh, you know, Like, yeah. they only cut it if, like, they lose a battle. Well, the Amish are obviously not battling, so that beard is never getting cut. <laughs> and they're not divorced then. No. <laughs> JJ uh, grew his beard out while I was pregnant, and that bitch got long. Oh, I, I bet it imagine did. imagine if he was still growing it now. Well, like, they get down to a certain point, and they, they're, like, regular hair, and it starts getting kind of wispy and... Uh, yeah. Scraggly and stuff. Like, are you homeless? <laughs> you look like that wizard off. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're a wizard. Je- Jebediah. <laughs> so they never get to go to Disney World or Universal. That's sad. They, uh, Mennonites do not mind getting their photos taken, but the Amish considered a violation of the Second Commandment, which prohibits the making of graven in- images. They believe that any physical representation of themselves, whether a photograph, a painting, film, promotes individualism and vanity, taking away from the values of the community and the humility by which they govern their lives. So they don't even got family, like, pencil sketches from coal or whatever? Nope. So when we visited the Amish village, they would have something like needlepoint with names. But that's it. In fact, one of the victims that I'm going to talk about today doesn't have any vi- pictures of her whatsoever. Mm. Could you imagine in this day and age not having not one single bit, not a thumbprint digitally, photographically, any of that? No. That's real off the grid. That's real anti-government. <laughs> it is. I mean, I don't mind it. I kind of see I kind of see why they like that, though. I do, too. For the, as long for as the I can stay inside and just turn butter, I didn't have to be outside. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, of course, we're... The English, way back when America was just forming, the Amish were more of Germanic descent, and they saw colonists as the English, so the name just kind of stuck with it. Mennonites don't mind mingling with the English, and the Amish were like business only. When I went to the shit I made, I was such an idiot. I went to that market, and it was an Amish man. Okay, he's got all his jams out there, cute things, and I was like, "Do you take card?" And he goes, "Cash or check." But I knew, like, until I went up there and acted like I was buying jam, he was not into talking. He didn't. (laughs) He wasn't, like, trying to sell me, like, the guys at the mall, like, try some of this. Try some of this. Nope. He was like, ma'am, ma'am, jam's two, three for two, two, three for two, price of two. He wasn't doing that? (laughs) No. He's like, get some jam or fucking He got real friendly, though, when I walked up and started looking at buying a lot of jam, though. (laughs) Gave me a box and er thing, okay? So let's talk about Rumspringa, which is something that people hear about. We all think of it. I thought it was like a season thing. Like every summer we have Rumspringa, like it's uh, Coachella for Amish. You know what I'm saying? Stop. <laughs> Stop. Go away. Get out of the room right now. <laughs> oh, let me ask one thing before you jump to Rumspringer. When they make money from selling the goods, such as jam, cheeses, gluten-free pretzels, does this go in a communal pool of money? Or do they get to keep no, their own money? they keep their own money. Oh, okay. But they also, I don't probably, think. They probably donate all of it to the church anyway. No. There are millionaire Amish is what I found out. Do they marry the English? No. Okay. You can go Amish, but it's very <laughs> hard, apparently. It's not something that people, that happens very often, obviously. It's more of a, you're born into it, so you're used to it kind of thing. Not many people go Amish. Jennifer, I'm getting ripe in my age. (laughs) And there is no way (laughs) that I could become Amish at this point (laughs) in my life. (laughs) I am too accustomed to air conditioning and Wi-Fi. Yes. Okay, the other day, I left the nail salon. And my phone decided to not pick up any internet signal whatsoever. I couldn't send a text. Nothing. Besides yourself. I was freaking the fuck out. And I went to McDonald's drive-thru so I could pawn off their Wi-Fi and send Jimmy a message (laughs) that my phone was broken. (laughs) Not because he could fix it. And I was like in League City, which is 10 minutes away from my house. (laughs) Like I'm on the other side of the world or something. I'm bouncing off (laughs) Wi-Fi at McDonald's. I'm sure that he was despondent at home that he hadn't heard from you. (laughs) And he was so glad you went to McDonald's, got that Wi-Fi let him know. He I like, need oh, to let him know. Thank God I've been sitting beside my phone waiting to hear from you. He's probably like, fuck, that bitch is coming home now. Exactly what he was thinking. So Rumspringa, it's not a season. It's actually just like an extended quinceanera or bar mitzvah, kind of. 
Like it's their own celebration of adulthood. And they look at it positively. Like we're going to go, you go out and you live the English lifestyle. You wear their clothes, you drink, people do drugs, people have sex. They have sex. It's fucking wild. There are videos of it. Yeah, spring break. And um, there's no particular time set. It's not from like 16 to 21. It can go on for a long time. It could be three months long. It's dependent on that person. And so... Who's funding this? Their family? Or they got to go find a job and pay for it themselves? I think they pay for it themselves. Okay. Because they're like... but these kids They're learning what it would be like to be. But these kids have worked their whole life. Like, as soon as they could put a fucking hammer in that boy's hand, they're going to be working. They're going to be building some shit. So to them, they're like, fuck it, whatever. I'll make a little money on the side. Do some LSD. Let's get crazy. (laughs) 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 You hear about it and... It's a positive thing in their community. And I would have to say 90% and above. I don't know the exact figure, but they said that most people who do Brown Spring do actually come back into the community. They choose the Amish life. There is that select few that decide, no, I don't want to do it, and they move on. But here's the thing. They don't shun those people. For the Amish, they don't baptize you until you're ready to be Amish. So that's an adulthood thing. It's not when you're done when you're a baby, like, you know, Christians, like, let's do a Sunday party and dip this baby in water, you know? <laughs> yeah. We'll have some bar- baked bake beans and pulled pork. Waterboard a child. Carry on. <laughs> they wait until that person decides they want to. What that's gets- probably why a lot of them continue on the way because they're given the choice. You yeah. get to make this choice about your life. You get to choose when, whereas Americans, English, we try to make all the choices for them. Like, no, I'm going to direct you this way because that's the best decision for you. Right. To them, they're like, okay, I've got you this far. It's up to you. Decide what you want to do. And if they decide they don't want to take the Amish path, they actually still talk to that family member. It's not like Scientology where they're like completely shut out. No, they still talk to them. What gets them shunned is if they go back, get baptized, then leave. Oh, okay. Because that's like a slap in the face to God. So that's where kind of like rum spring kind of comes to place. There's, it's a really positive. I have to say it seems like a super positive community. But, you know, they do have backwards practices. Like they don't believe in gay marriage and, you know, things like that. <sighs> so I have two stories today. Because there isn't like a whole heck of a lot. There's very little that has happened. Most of the people that have been Amish that have murdered were not Amish anymore. Like they had left the community or something. Uh, it's extremely rare for it to ever happen. So we're going to start out with the murder of Ida and Danny. December 24th, 1985, Thayer County in Chester, Nebraska, a body is found in the ditch. It was a body of a small boy around nine years old. Mm-hmm. Hyperthermia is found to be the cause of death. So he didn't really have any wounds or anything indicative other than that he probably had hypothermia due to the temperature. No one had reached out to report a child missing, so they publicized the Johnny Doe, even releasing an airbrushed photo of the body after the autopsy. And, um, like, I found one. It's a really cute... It looks like he's sleeping. And I don't know if you've ever looked at Houston actually has a website for the same thing, for unidentified bodies. And they will airbrush them to look like those people. And they actually have pictures of their tattoos and stuff. All unidentified people. It's creepy. But take a stroll. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Lose an afternoon in it. No, I can't sleep. (laughs) Because you're definitely going to sleep after that. Right. So the town, you know, kind of rattles around. And after a year and nobody's claimed them. In 1986, the town decides to bury the boy. And they name him Matthew, meaning gift from God. There's the case is cold almost immediately. And later on, an article is released in Reader's Digest, which, you know, was the shit back in the day. It was. They release a article called Little Boy Blue for the blue pajamas he was wearing when he was found. They get a call from a man in Ohio who suggested the boy is Danny Stutzman, a nine years old, and he's a neighbor's child. His father is Eli, and he's actually been missing for years. Eli and his family are Amish from Apple Creek, Ohio. The daddy was missing or the boy? The dad. like Oh, the dad was missing too? Yeah. Like, he hadn't seen him. He wasn't truly missing. Uh, the dad wasn't. 
On December 14th, identification of the body was confirmed through a palm print of Danny Stutzman's third grade report card from the Uri Elementary School in Lyman, Wyoming. Danny and his father had actually come from one of the largest sects of Amish, the Schwartz and Ruber. Schwartz, Schwartz and Truber. How's it, Jimmy? Schwartz and Truber. Okay, sounds great. <laughs> Founded in 1930, and it's ultra conservative and one of the most regimented of the Amish. Detectives decide they have to travel to Apple Creek, Ohio to find him. While they couldn't find Eli, they found Danny's maternal grandparents who agreed to speak. Eli had married their daughter, Ida Gingrich. When he arrived in Ohio in Christmas 1985 without Daniel, Stutzman told his family that the boy was on a skiing trip. Sounds very Amish, right? (laughs) They had a letter from Eli who stated that Danny had died in a car accident in Utah in July 1986, but the letter was written seven months after Danny's death. Right? In their investigations, it's discovered that Ida and Eli were happy in the first few years of their marriage. After that, there was t- trouble growing. They had Danny almost immediately, but in four years, Eli becomes distance. And then all of a sudden, men start showing up to the farm to visit with Eli alone for several hours. Uh-oh. Turns out... Uh-oh. Eli was gay. He was on the down low. And he was poorly hiding it because Amish believed that it's a sin. Ida actually discovered this and it made a big strain on their marriage worse. <laughs> if I found out that JJ was having sex with men, it would be not only a strain on our marriage. It'd be compl- like combustion, like yes. implosion. I'd be like, well, we're going to have to talk about this. <laughs> I'd be like, do you, boo-boo? If that's what you like, go ahead. If that's but I'm going to head out. <laughs> I don't need to be involved. Like, <laughs> There's nothing for me You know here. what? I am proud. Pride. Do it. I'll go march with you. Let's the march. Parades. But I'm going to your wife, I'm gonna have to take it elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> One night, their barn is on fire, and Ida supposedly runs to get milk jugs out of the barn and becomes trapped. Ida was eight months pregnant at the time. Eli said he dragged her out by her feet, but she perished nonetheless. He told people her heart just stopped. Did it now? Yeah. Curiously, her death certificate stated that she had heart failure. There was no autopsy of her, and the coroner had taken Eli's word. Eli stated that she had some heart issues, despite her family having no knowledge of it. He was. They were still living on the Amish farm, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Her body is covered in bruises and cuts, and her body was burnt, but in the appearance that it had been laid next to a fire, not... Like she had caught on fire. Earlier that day, Eli had actually gotten a new life insurance policy and redid both his and his wife's will. That day? That day. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. (laughs) Like Camilla likes to tell me, don't be sus. (laughs) Emma too. (laughs) Like what you know about that? (laughs) (laughs) The mysterious, although not really mysterious, death of Ida caused a new urgency in finding Eli and suspecting him of Danny's murder. Within a year of Ida's death, he shaved his beard and became enamored with the English lifestyle, and he stops hiding his sexuality. In March of 1982, Eli leaves the Amish, sells the farm, and leaves for Austin. He didn't want Danny raised by the Amish, but he also didn't care about raising his son. He would party and drink and place ads for company of other men because it was back in the day. Yeah, he played a classified ad. There was no uh, no grinder. Ex-Amish man yeah. looking for any man. <laughs> I'm a hard worker, love carpentry. I can make some killer jams and cheese. <laughs> I remember what I was going to tell you earlier <laughs> about the Amish. <laughs> so this is something else that I found out about the Amish. Uh, they are inventors, like crazy inventors. Oh, yeah. They will make refrigerators with, like, uh, a, a gas engine, like, from, like, a weed eater. Because it's not yeah. electric. It's gas. They also use batteries for things. Like, they'll have battery lights and um, battery uh, dishwasher and all these different kind of things. Like, they had a, a car battery hooked up to a engine that was hooked up to a old-fashioned washer that you used to like hand crank but oh. now it was automatic you know they would t- they, nothing went to waste oh yeah emma has a chair that 
um, her grandparents bought her at an Amish market and it looks like a rocking horse. And then if you flip it up, it's a high chair. And then if you flip it up the other way, it's like a booster seat. But when it's in the rocking chair form, you can't tell. It's badass. Right. And it's so constructed Listen, so Listen, if you nicely, don't have like, TV and a cell phone, there's so much shit I yeah. guess you can get done. Like that wooden rocking chair will probably last generations. Whereas if you went and bought something like that, the store, you'd be lucky if it lasted You should time. tell her that thing's like 500 years old. And then watch her show it to the Antiques Roadshow. Like, not a special ID. This is Amish made. 2006. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it was a whole side story. I was like, there was something I needed to tell her about the Amish. <laughs> None of that was important. <laughs> oh, I enjoy hearing that stuff. I don't know if everybody else does, but I do. So. Knowledge is power. It is. It truly is. Investigators found out that Eli had gone down to Austin, Texas and with Danny to stay at a friend's house. The friend is found dead, actually. In Texas, investigators meet with Eli at the apartment he and the friend shared. The friend, Glenn Pritchett, was a Coast Guard veteran that worked with Eli on a construction site. He tells investigators he had taken him to a bus station as he had gone home to Montana and he was shocked about his death. I'm starting to get a little worried about Eli here. There's a lot of people dying in this company. Mm-hmm. They noticed a bunch of horse sculptures um, around the apartment. And they asked if Eli loved horses. And he was like, yes, I raised them. Raised them a whole life. Turns out the body of Glenn was less than a mile from the ranch where Eli kept his horses. Horses? Or were they stallions? <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a TikTok the other day. <laughs> this is the first thing I fucking think. And he's like, I love math, okay? So did you know that the average horse's dick is 24 inches and the average horse weighs 1,000 pounds? That means if you have a 200-pound man, for him to be hung like a horse, it would be four and a half inches. <laughs> On an unrelated note, I realize I need to lose weight. <laughs> So now I'm thinking about horses and just four and a half inch dicks. <laughs> like a horse. Oh, God. Eli actually ends up going into the wind again. And Texas investigators learn about the little boy blue and start putting the pieces together that he may be a serial killer. Nebraska had found financial records indicating his presence in Texas and start coordinating the information with Texas. He starts sending family uh, letters to family from him and Danny to throw people off the trail. He had also been going by the fake name David Summers through a tip, which they were like, the way he came up with it was like David was somebody he knew and then he lived off Summer Street. <laughs> it was like, is this your stripper name game? Like, remember that? Like, <laughs> David, your David. the name of your first dog, the name <laughs> of the street you lived on. Nash. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he got it from David and Goliath. Oh, that's depressing. You know, because he was real into the Bible for a while there. And it was sounded like it was the summer of 69 for him. So summer of 69. <laughs> Ooh, that's a whole new way of putting it. After Glenn's death, <laughs> Eli and Danny landed in Colorado where he committed two more murders that would go unsolved for 21 years. Jesus. He was good at it, too. He was. He's he, Amish. They're thinkers, y'all. They think. They got no TV, y'all. Ain't what else no they gonna cell do? Phone there ain't no Netflix. Nothing but time to think. <laughs> if I could put time in a bottle, you would be Amish. <laughs> on November 10th, 1985, a passenger on the Durango and Silverton narrow gauge railroad spotted a decaying body in a truck bed in the 1400 block of Main Avenue. The victim, according to police, died from a severe head injury. Three weeks later, the body, another body turned up. This one in a room at Junction Creek Liquors. The store clerk was shot at close range in what appeared to be a robbery. Police collected evidence and took interviews, but after a few weeks, both cases went cold. For 21 years, Durango police tried to solve the murders of David M. Tyler, 36, and Dennis Slater, 24. Evidence suggests that Stutzman and Tyler actually knew each other. They were both gay, and they used drugs. Because I guess apparently Eli liked methamphetamines. He was walling out once he left the Amish. He was Rom Spring of a Life. <laughs> <laughs> there is evidence to suggest that the two men attended the same party in November on November 8th, 1985, two days before Tyler's body was found in the trailer. They were able to arrest Eli two years after the discovery of Danny, but they were unable to gather enough evidence to prove 
he killed Danny and were able to charge him on failure to report death and abandonment of a body and sentenced to 18 months in a Nebraska prison. Both charges were misdemeanors. Mm -hmm. Stutzman had actually said Danny died quietly and unexpectedly while they were driving from Wyoming to Ohio. Scared and bewildered, Stutzman said he ditched the body along the roadside and covered it in snow. This is a quote. I had difficulty facing the fact that he had died, Stutzman told a Nebraska courtroom. I couldn't understand. I couldn't really figure out why. I decided to leave him and let God take care of him. Where did the head injury come into play? The suit was found with the head injury, right? Or is this a different one? Did I- no, this is, he was actually, so that happened with those two guys dying. They didn't know about it all through this. They end up okay. figuring that out later. So I'm just doing chronologically, and I did a poor job of telling you that. <laughs> <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan twist. What? <laughs> now we're talking about Danny again and um, what he got charged with, which was those two misdemeanors. And that's what his reasoning was. I just left him and let God take care of him. Like, okay. sir, no, you left that child to die. Okay. Okay. Investigators theorized that Danny was actually possibly a witness to the murders and left Danny in Nebraska to die because you can't have anyone knowing and just easier to drop your kid out on the side of the road in Nebraska in the winter. That's so hard. I don't know if that's which one's worse, like actually like killing your child with your own hands in some kind of form or leaving them out there to freeze to death. I think freeze to death. The confusion that child had to think. Like, is he coming back or, you know. And the, the, you know, at least if, like, you shoot your kid or not. Let me rephrase that. If at you, least if you shoot your kid. <laughs> like, it's quick and it's over. This kid, like, sat there for a long time before they froze to death. Like, man, what the fuck, dad? And nothing but his little blue pajamas. This ain't cool, bro. Not cool, man. I hope he, like, drugged him or something so he was, like, sleeping and he didn't. I doubt he did. Or, I mean, he possibly could have just to get him asleep to leave him. Yeah. Uh, in 1989, Eli is sent to Texas where he's convicted for Glenn's death. A jury found Stutzman guilty of murder on July 31st, 1989, and an Austin judge sentenced Stutzman to 40 years in prison, providing a sense of justice for authorities and residents of Chester. Stutzman would serve less than 13 years before being paroled under merit- mandatory supervision. He was released in two- March of 2002 where he decided to make Fort Worth his new home, and he committed suicide January 31st, 2007. At this point, authorities in Colorado were finally able to retrieve DNA and fingerprints from Eli, since he had not complied for years to give it. And they were finally able to identify him as the murderer for the two fellas as well. The, uh, so he killed David himself and Tyler. Because he didn't want to go back to prison. Well, like, they had asked... And they didn't have, I guess, enough evidence for a warrant. And so, you know, he got out of jail, kills himself. And they're like, well, don't need permission now that he's dead. That's when they got it. And that's when they got it and found out he had killed them in the midst of all this other stuff. I figured he would do well in prison. It seems very similar to the Amish life. No cell phone. No no choice or control of anything. Except there is a lot of butt sex happening. But he was into that. That's true. Well... I don't know. That feels like a lot of unconsensual. (laughs) (laughs) Unauthorized. Is the sad story of Little Boy Baloo. That's very sad. So technically that's not an Amish murder because he was no longer Amish at the time. So I have one that is actually an Amish murder. And this one is about Edward Gingrich. And this one's also a little bit of an older one. March 18th, 1993, Crawford County, PA police are called to the Amish community for an altercation. Now, they never called nobody about nothing. Period. It had to be serious. Because they had to get in the buggy, get the horses out the stable, buggy on down to someone's house that had a phone. And have them call 911. Yeah, so it had to be like, for real. Oh, yeah, they did have community phones. Um, but well, did you I have mean, like a thing like a party line broke the glass in case of emergency? Stop! <laughs> <laughs> now it's an emergency. <laughs> and watch it be like an old one, like the hello, hello. <laughs> no one's there because we don't have operators anymore, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so they're fucked. <laughs> Whatever happened to those operators? They don't have any phone numbers or a phone book, so like, what do we do? <laughs> well, what's the number to nine one one? I don't know. <laughs> Not hating on the Amish at all, y'all. I think they're awesome, for real. 
just funny. I'm hating on him a little bit. That shit's funny. I, I can't miss a joke when it presents itself. <laughs> <laughs> I call Jimmy Amish at least once a week. <laughs> <laughs> so they find two men, Ed and his brother, Danny Gingrich, and Ed claims to have killed his wife. The police instructed Ed to take off his boots and his coat, and as he did so, a large piece of flesh falls to the ground. Oh. He had murdered his 29-year-old wife. That day, the Amish were celebrating a wedding, but Katie had refused to let her husband go. Around us, the children were playing on the floor of the kitchen when Gingrich got up and punched his wife in the face. He shouted at her, I am the devil. Katie fell down to the ground and called for her six-year-old son to run to his Uncle Daniel's house to get help. Thankfully, he listened and therefore did not have to witness father, his father unleash absolute rage on his mother. However, it is likely, likely that the other two did see something. Ed put on heavy, high-top work boots and used those to stomp on Katie's skull. They, then he would begin to carefully dissect her, pulling out all of her internal organs and piling them beside her. When Edward's brother arrived on the scene, he walked into a very bloody mess. Katie was clearly deceased. She laid on the floor face up, naked, with all her organs in a pile beside her. Jesus Christ. And there was a paring knife beside her body. Edward just stood there beside Katie's body, covered in blood. Ed is interviewed by police in which he freely admits murdering her, but is unclear of why. <gasps> Has a fear of water? He's unclear of why. Unclear of why, I'm sorry. He is assigned. I was like, what's random? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I killed her and I'm scared of water too. <laughs> you got hydrophobia? What? Ed is interviewed by police and, uh, oh no, I already said that. <laughs> He's assigned counsel and they're also unable to get anything out of him to ascertain why he killed Katie, the mother of his three children. The Amish community, despite being pacifists, living a non-revenge lifestyle, were devastated that this happened within their small circle. They're like, look, look, normally we're peaceful, but if you could hang that motherfucker, that'd be great. Be fan-fucking-tastic. They wanted the maximum pu punishment possible for Edward. Which More is than three spankings. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! More than 50 me members of the Brown Hill Amish community signed a petition advocating keeping... Gingrich in a mental hospital forever. They didn't ever want him to come back. Understandably. But let's back up and let's talk about what led to this. Because I did say that she didn't allow him to go to a wedding. Not that that's... She was like, do you know how much corn we have to churn <laughs> and how much butter we have to churn? And you think you won't It go. ain't gonna churn, is it? <laughs> you think you gonna go to a party? <laughs> this ain't Rumspringer. That time is come and gone. <laughs> You baptized the motherfucker. <laughs> so the police try had tried to question people who normally are harder to crack than the mob. Technically, like they will not fucking talk. Like I ain't diamond. Listen, snitches get stitches, and the Amish ain't no snitches. <laughs> to get more information, they actually would have to go and get permission from the bishop, which is like the judge and the sheriff of that community, to get more information about Ed despite usually abstaining from speaking on community issues as they were seen as private and not releasable to English or other outsiders, he was actually very forthcoming about Ed. He was a bit of an oddball, drawn to things that were not Amish, such as working on modern equipment. Ed's father actually owned a sawmill, and he stayed there so much he neglected his farming duties, creating more conflict. And in that community, oh, like... See? He wasn't shucking the corn. He wasn't shucking the corn. Uh-uh. Like, you you pull your around. weight in that community. Like, oh yeah. If you want to fucking eat, you better be out there fucking tilling that fucking soil. <gasps> it ain't gonna till itself. That's mm -mm. for damn sure. So Caitlyn Caitlyn Shelt Shetler Shetler S C H E T L E R. I don't know Shetler. Sounds good. I hate fucking up people's names, especially if it's a victim. Like I'll fuck up a killer's name all day long, but I'm like <laughs> I don't want to do nothing. Y'all already did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not going to add some insult Disgrace to the injury. To yeah. She is actually the bishop's niece. Oh, yeah. So he was like, oh, you want to know? I got the tea. He <laughs> fucked around. He's going to find out. <laughs> right. She was actually a model Amish woman from a family of 16 children herself. Damn. And she wanted a large family. He marries Katie in December 1986 in a traditional Amish ceremony. With the birth of their first child, things start falling apart, and he neglects his domestic duties staying at the sawmill. So, of course, she's like, you know. That's so funny. I, I couldn't imagine being like, 
mad at JJ because he stayed at the sawmill all night. Unless the sawmill was a bar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was straight up a like, sawmill. <laughs> you're always at the sawmill cutting down trees and logs and shit. I got babies to feed. I got butter to share. This cool ain't gonna make itself. <laughs> it's a whole different life I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. I would be, I mean, I you don't, you don't miss what you don't know, but shit. Shit. Right? I'd like to make some tables and chairs and shit and come home. <laughs> As long as you're doing something useful. In December 1989, the sawmill mysteriously burned down. I hope Katie did it. I hope you did it, girl. Just showed him the one corner. This devastated Ed because that was his only solace and happy place in his life. He fell into a deep depression and he sought help and permission from the bishop to re community to rebuild the sawmill. Here's something that is also amazing about the Amish. No motherfuckers can build a barn overnight. Oh, yeah. And I have seen videos of them picking up a barn and fucking moving it. Just a shit ton of Amish guys wearing suspenders and hats. Just. It sounds kind of hot. I don't know. With long There's a beard. lot of inbreeding. Really? Yeah. They stay in the community. You become cousins and cousins and cousins. And cousins you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> They're just keeping that bloodline pure. If Roman time. I mean. Okay, Voldemort. <laughs> if. Royal kings and queens haven't taught us anything. It's how to keep the bloodline pure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, within five months, and this is what cracked me because I even told Jimmy, I'm like, why did it take them five months? I've been told several times these motherfuckers can build a barn overnight. Why can't they fill, do a sawmill in at least three days? <laughs> it took them five months. So he spends even more time there as well as mixing with English and the non-Amish community, which is super frowned on. And the investigators end up talking to Ed's English friends. One of them is David Lindsay, which I hope this motherfucker feels horrible about himself. And I'll tell you why. (laughs) I've got all the reasons. I got all the tea. So he spoke to his friendship with Ed, first being business and second being friends, which later being forbidden. David was a born-again Christian, and Ed and him started speaking on their face, to which he asked David, will I go to heaven? And the Amish are like, you can do everything right and still not go to heaven. That's how it is. Like, that shit is hard as shit to get into, okay? That God is, the is most picky. Exclu- is the most exclusive nightclub. <laughs> okay. More exclusive than the sawmill. <laughs> so you get this guy who's already, like, morose and questioning everything in his life, going... Can, with your religion, will I be able to go to heaven? Well, you know, we cr- born again Christianity. You could just say, you know what, Jesus, I'm so sorry about that. I know my Christians bad. are like, you can kill 25 people as long as you say, my bad. You're exactly. Good. So, and he's that type that is like the born again Christian who is like, you just put it in God's hands. And then you have a super church and you give all your money to Joel Osteen. Ugh. That type. That, that sickening type. Yes. And I have nothing against Christianity. It's just those types of people who are like, it's almost cultish. I'm like, let me get that right. <laughs> I can live my life really, really good. But me and Ed Kemper are going to be sitting at the same table up there. The co-ed killer who would fuck his mother's head that after it was detached from her body. Yeah. You're telling me we're, we're going to be, be neighbors up there. Hanging out of the same buffet line? Mm-mm. I ain't buying it. No. No. Not my heaven. Not my heaven. <laughs> Although maybe heaven is interviewing all these serial killers oh, for a heavenly podcast. Anyway, I digress. We ain't Carry going on. to heaven. You know we ain't going to heaven, girl. <laughs> We's going to hell and Satan's going to be like, fuck. <laughs> the devil don't even want us. The devil don't even want us. He probably scared the shit of us. <laughs> them bitches, they don't fuck around. You fuck around, you find out. So have you heard the mouth on them? <laughs> and Jennifer sends emails too. I do. I love sending emails. <laughs> I loved meeting men in the emails. <laughs> he, you know, caused these huge existential questions with that because he brought his Bible out and everything. Uh-huh. And and for the television show, this motherfucker was interviewed. And he was like, and I told him, you know. And what I said was, <laughs> and then he said. And like, he's sitting there, he's like trying to recruit me through the TV. I don't want your Kool-Aid, okay? <laughs> Damn. Hard pass. Hard, hard pass. Hard. <laughs> and so, uh, 
he brings this revelation to Katie, like, hold up. We don't have to do all this. We could be born again Christians, still go to heaven. And Katie's like, basically, we can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> say I'm sorry. And we still get a ticket. We baptize, but we always in room springer. You know what I'm saying? That's a win-win. You have your cake and you eat it too. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> and she's like, duh uh, fuck. I don't think so. Mm-mm. No, sir. So she just gets really stressed out about this and reaches out to her community and decide they decide he needs medical help. Except they only use alternative healing. Because they are Amish. Woke. <laughs> They're woke. <laughs> so they took him to a half-assed chiropractor. That's what you do when you have COVID, too, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Stretching? Um, yeah, stretching. Hot stones? Oh, it gets better. So, uh, Essential you know, oils? As you know, as a nurse, uh, a x-ray tech, and a CT tech, mm-hmm. and you know that chiropractors do not perform anything with psychiatric care. Yeah, they do. <laughs> All of them. All of them. Where do. you're not woke. Let me wake you up. Let me wake me up. I'm asleep. I'm asleep. As long as they have some peppermint oil, they're good. Oh, yeah. Well, in this case, what he does is a toe alignment. Duh. And then he prescribes him blackstrap molasses to purify his blood. Duh. I have some in my bag downstairs if you need it. <laughs> and I will align your toes later. First thing you learned in nurse school, wasn't it? Toe alignment. Blackstrap and molasses First. and toe alignment. Well, we didn't learn about the blackstrap molasses till later on. That's advanced stuff, Toe alignments was day one. <laughs> So we started from the bottom and we went to the top. Now we're here. And I'm going to tell you, I lived for this show because it was a reenactment show. So you had this guy who obviously wasn't Amish and he Those was like are the sweating best. profusely, opening up a jar of molasses and drinking it. You know, like <laughs> I'm sure it was not that dramatic, but uh, he visited his chiropractor regularly. And with his last visit the morning of the murder, he received a scalp massage and taken molasses as part of his treatment. That's what my doctor does when I go. Listen, I ain't know that doctor. My doctor don't give me no scalp massages. I lay on the bed and she rubs my head and I tell her all the things while she pours molasses in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm prescribing you the best of the best. It's addictive now. <laughs> Use responsibly. <laughs> I bring my pancake to stop up the dripping molasses. <laughs> so they actually learned that a year before the murder... Ed started using an engine degreasing solvent in his machine shop. And people witnessed him using it in a non-ventilated shop for hours at a time. And people would warn him and he'd still continue to use it with reckless abandon. So he was huffing paint. Born again Christian guy was like, let me tell you, that shit was strong. And I was telling him, (laughs) we need to go outside. (laughs) I was like, did you though? He was like, if you close all the doors, you feel really good afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. I was dying because like Born Again Christian guy is not taking any responsibility over this whatsoever, right? For his tiny part. And he's blaming it all on huffing degreaser, which <laughs> I get it. That could probably fuck you up, okay? <laughs> we saw how Steve was on whippets, okay? <laughs> that shit will fuck your brain up. You know, Emma was using the whipped cream one time and she wasn't turned upside down. And I was like, JJ, come get your kids. She's in here doing whippets. <laughs> She's like, what am I doing? Oh, you know what you're doing. Stop fucking around. <laughs> they say, you know, you'll be on methamphetamines. <laughs> Hook it on the corner. <laughs> She's like, mommy, I just want some of my hot cocoa. <laughs> I'm like, I don't trust your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> These fumes can actually cause a wide range of issues, but most importantly, his state of mind was affected, which was already on the edge of insanity. (laughs) Oh. Because I'm on the edge of insanity. (laughs) It's the motherfucking Grammys up in here today. (laughs) No. I'm in all the hits. Um, Investigators start questioning Ed's brother Danny about his state of mind. He states that he worked more, and the more he worked, the more paranoid he became. What? You have to grease her and you gonna get paranoid? Crazy. <laughs> he said that his brain was going to explode and he'd go into fits of panic and animal-like howling 
to the point where he had to be held down. Hashtag paranoia. And that's when they finally went and got actual psychiatric help. And he's diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic and prescribed antipsychotic medication. Shocking. So he was fine for a little while. And then he quit taking his medications, which some people will do because it makes them feel like blank. Like they have no emotions. And I can get that. That is not appealing as the manic highs and lows of schizophrenia. Um, But well, you go from all these intense feelings to almost no feelings. And vanilla, just like. Yeah. And I get people not wanting to. I wouldn't personally want to feel like that. No. I mean, I enjoy my fits of rage yelling at my family. No. <laughs> Don't Does do take I. them away. Thank you. JK, guys. I'm the sweet girl <laughs> So his parent. And you know, like, when you're. It's almost worse to, like, fuck around with your medication than not take it at all. Oh, yes. So he's doing that a little bit, too. Self-medicating is not good. And his paranoia and his anger. Unless gets- it's weed, then it's fine. Oh, yeah. Who's overdosing on that? Okay. No one. What you going to overdose on? Doritos? <laughs> Skittles? Let me tell me hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Let me smoke some more. Whoa. <laughs> uh, so he gets really paranoid. His anger gets worse. And he thought everybody's hiding the truth from him, wanting him to suffer. And he believed that Katie was keeping him from the redemption, meaning that she was Satan incarnate, which leads us back to the murder. In the end, the jury just refused to find Edward not guilty by reason of insanity. He is instead found guilty of involuntary manslaughter, but mentally ill. With this charge, it meant that Edward would still be required to serve time in jail, but that he would also receive psychiatric treatment while he was in prison. He was sentenced to a minimum of two and a half years and a maximum of five years with credit for time served. Wow. In this case, Edward was actually denied parole for the first time the opportunity came up. So he wound up serving his whole sentence, while which wasn't much, just five years for a very violent murder. In March 19th, 1998, at the age of 34, he was released. The day of the uh, murder, you know, he had been, after that psychiatric thing, she did not, Katie didn't want him out in public. One, super embarrassing. Two, he's a danger to himself and she knows that. And so he, she denies him going to the wedding, comes back, and then it's like a flip. He puts these big-ass work boots on, goes to town, and just decimates her. See, she's a good person because if that were me and JJ were crazy and he wanted to go to a wedding, I'd be like, by all means, get the fuck out of Because I need at least three signatures to put your ass away. <laughs> Stay Let's away. Let's parade it. All night. Because you crazy, motherfucker, and I don't want you here. Yes, See, she's better than me. She was trying to, like, keep him from society. Me, I'd be like, go to society. Out of my home, away I'm from me. Yeah, get out. Get on out of here. Get. Get on out of here. So he did try to uh, rejoin his children and community once he was released, but he was shunned. He did reconcile with his two sons, but his daughter and the rest of his family shunned him. He actually ended up kidnapping his daughter in 2007 to awesome. force reconciliation. <laughs> awesome. That's the best but way to surprise, do it. But surprise, it didn't work. <laughs> And he was. That's how me and Jennifer became friends. Exactly. I I kidnapped her because I was like, you're going to be my friend. (laughs) And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So it it didn't work. And he was sentenced to probation. The fuck? You just murdered somebody. And then kidnapped your child. So on January 14th, 2011, Ed would be found hanging from the second floor of his barn. Ed went to the barn to feed his horse. Five hours later, he was found hanging from the second floor. Forgive me, please, was written in the dust on a bucket. That's sad. Weirdly, although he was shunned, the former community did hold an Amish ceremony, and he is buried in an Amish cemetery right next to Katie. You know, I have such mixed emotions personally about something like that because after working with mental health, it is real, and a lot of those people don't truly choose their actions. But it's such a catch-22 because... What do you do when somebody who has mental health issues does something like that? Because you can't be like, well, you have mental health issues, so we're not going to hold you responsible. You have to, but at the same time, they're not making the same kind of choices you and I are. You're still causing the harm even unintentionally because of your mental illness. And to try to square up with that, that's... And I don't know that 
prison is any kind of answer because you're not rehabilitating them. They didn't understand their actions in the first place. They're not going to understand them at any point. And him, you can't force like flipping prisoners. A and, and, and doing that and just staying. Yeah. Just staying, sitting right there. That screen's mentally ill. And he should have never been able to walk ever again. So that's the story of the first Amish man convicted of murder, Edward Gingrich. Very good. I enjoyed that very much. So it's now one of my favorite ones you've done. All the Amish stuff. I got to get do so many jokes <laughs> that I feel weren't really offensive, but they probably were. It pro- well, listen, they're not going to hear it. So. No, I mean to listeners. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I thought you were talking about the Amish in general. I'm like, they're not going to hear it. They're not going <laughs> to hear it. But maybe some people got like some Amish family or friends. Maybe they left on Rumspring. I actually think the Amish are really cool. Listen, and if I admire you are them. on Rumspring and you're Amish, you do you, boo. But I will say, there ain't nothing like a podcast. You gonna live the rest of your life without a podcast? Right? Without this podcast? I live on podcasts. <sighs> I was thinking the other day, I was I, I, I listen to him when I'm in the shower, when I'm driving, when I'm at work. JJ will pop his head and he's like, what the hell are you listening to? I'm like, oh, so it's this murder? And then, 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 then. he's just like, <laughs> slowly walks out and closes like, the this door. This is so relaxing. <laughs> I'm getting my shampoo and, and conditioning time in. Got to do a deep treatment. My scalp massage. <laughs> I got my molasses in there. <laughs> Hear about innards being placed next to an Amish woman and huffing degreaser. Just girl things. <laughs> Just girl things. I will say I've got JJ in a podcast. Besides listening to ours, he loves the guys on last podcast on the left. Oh God, I love them so much. He yeah. likes listening to Brian and his group. Don't go out there because he's the big JJ's big movie buff. So he likes listening to them, too. Oh, I do. I listen to them, too. <laughs> yeah. You so, know, it's weird, though. I have a hard time listening to them in the shower because it's like we know Brian. Yes. <laughs> I'm like so, you're in like I've never met him in real life but there's real life connections whereas like Marcus Ben and Henry I have met but they're celebrities like they're not regular people in my mind right so like gosh Brian's been in my life since Jesus I think elementary school so like five years ago right because you're really young. yeah because mm-hmm. I just graduated last year <laughs> duh duh <laughs> And by that, I mean my kid just graduated last year. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be clear. It's your oldest at least. Okay. Right. (laughs) So that's a really long fucking time. That's over half my life I've known him. So yeah. I'd be awkward to bring him in the shower with me. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) Brian. Since we're both married. (laughs) To other people, not each other. (laughs) I was totally listening to you the other day, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) As I was setting up in the shower. It occurred to me. When Don't we, make this awkward. I was listening to Hush, their review of Hush, and I was like, this is kind of awkward that I'm listening to this. Oh, well. You know, I haven't listened to their um, uh, their fan mail one yet, oh, and I, I need to listen. One. I need to listen to it on the way home tonight. Those are my dudes. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to like do a cross thing one day. We are, but once uh, we get big enough to be on their level, we're big enough that we have swag though. And that we have how many? We have swag and Facebook we have merchandise. Followers now? Do you see what I'm saying? Swag. <laughs> this is why we can't have a YouTube channel, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> this right here is my swag. Because then everyone's going <laughs> to get your vibe. <laughs> You're going to be vibe. viral. Everyone's going to do the Jennifer. <laughs> like the Carlton for <laughs> Fresh Prince. Yes. Hey, do you remember Gadzooks? Uh, I do. That's okay, where you could get had, Jinkos and Bongos. I was talking about Gadzooks at work the other day. Nobody so, knew. And nobody knew. Except for like two people. And I was like, thank you. They were like, Gadzooks? I've never heard of that. What? I was like, okay. When I we couldn't were, shop there anyways. When <laughs> I was in school, I was talking about, no, no, this is at work. Um, Yellowstone. <laughs> and Kevin Costner and how hot he is, and so they didn't hot. even know who he was. That hurts because Kevin Costner is the who he is. Oh, I don't care how bad he, Waterworld and the Postman is. I fucking love those movies because Kevin Costner's in it. Have you ever watched Mr. Brooks where he's a serial yeah, killer? Us. Oh, best part of the whole movie. Do you watch Yellowstone? No, I need to. Girl, he is. He's he, a badass. He's like wine, getting better with age. Riding also horses love through the, the mountains. 
Horses, that's in my dream. Yes, so I want to be in the mountains with Kevin Custer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Riding mm-hmm. horses. <laughs> <laughs> I love my husband, don't get me wrong. But I'll but ride horses, wink, wink, with Kevin Costner in the time. He knows if Kevin Costner or Mark Wahlberg, uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, walked up in this bitch, bye-bye, JJ. <laughs> that Boston accent, though. You mm. know what I'm saying? Mm. He just says my... That's my number one right there. I put him on my top five cart and laminate that shit. I love Gary Oldman. And everyone's like, Gary Oldman. I'm like, you just don't know. He's Gary got... Oldman? Whoa! I probably know who he is. Let me let me Google this. He was quick. serious, black and Harry Potter. Okay, first of all, you know I don't watch Harry Potter. <laughs> I just like Harry Potter World. <laughs> I typed in Gary Potter. I'm a Jurassic Park girl. <laughs> I typed in Gary Potter. <laughs> You're a wizard, Gary. <laughs> I still don't know who he is. Oh, he's been in a lot of things. He's a really good actor, but I think I fell in love with him when I watched him in Rosencrantz and Gilmanstern are dead, and it was like back in the 80s. <laughs> Fine. Boing, girl. <laughs> oh my God, we got so off track. But, anyways, we have, do have swag. Yes. Uh, check out our link tree in our profile. It's bonfire.com slash store slash too close to home. And then we have our socials. Rate and subscribe where you listen. Tell us about your own too close to home stories. Sorry, we gone off track. But if you're still hanging out listening to us, then you probably want to hear it anyways. That's right. That's right. Well, until next time. Stay safe. Keep your head on the swivel. And do not bring it too close to home. If you do, like t- the turn some butter. Turn some butter. And shuck some corn if you want to go to the sawmill. Just you take do care it. of business first. Just don't be huffing no degreaser. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Too Close to Home, don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on most platforms. Follow us on our social media at Too Close Home Pod on Facebook, at Too Close Podcast on Instagram, or if you have your own Too Close to Home experience, shoot us your story at Too Close to Home at Yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>